Hey, Broadway fans, welcome for another week of Broadway Breakdown here on Popcorn Talk Network. Gerard Butler is singing, Mini Drivers going cray cray, and Emmy Rossum is being cute. We're talking fan of the opera, the film. Join us. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. I love this scene. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's so pretty. <laughs> it just was like the movements, the sharpness. The choreography oh, was insane in that scene. It reminded me of Baz Luhrmann. Oh, that's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. really liked it. Yeah. It was one of those like shiny, glittery, Baz Luhrmann-y type of numbers. And I love that it was like an ensemble piece. It didn't really feature the main actors. And I love that they showed the main actors watching it because I think that yeah. those reactions were so genuine of just yeah. being like, that's amazing. It's yeah. so good. And it was just like the, the grand staircase, the costuming, everything about it worked. Yes. I love this. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Like I said, we're talking fan of the opera, the film this week. We talked to the theater version last week, so if you didn't see that, go ahead and check it out on YouTube. Um, I am your host, Brianna Phipps. You can find me at bphipps14 on Twitter and Instagram, bphipps1214 on Snapchat. And I have two lovely co-hosts with me today. Timothy, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Timothy Michael. And if you love me, you'll love me. You we can love find you. me. You love me. <laughs> <laughs> A little mini driver there. Um, you can find me at I am Timothy Mike on all social media platforms. And to my left... One two three Jackie B on all platforms except for Snapchat where I'm Jackie B one two three. Oh, yeah. Snapchat is rude and they would not let me do numbers before my name. Rude Snapchat. Yeah, rude. Snapchat was rude and someone else already had my name. <laughs> I guess How I'm... dare you? There can only be one. Am I not that famous? Gosh, you need to Highlander that person for this. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> trademark my name, copyright it. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Um... You are if you're like Beyonce. I thought that she got turned down for that. I don't know. Oh. I honestly... She tried to copyright I would assume that you could, but I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, let's talk about the film. <laughs> yes. this, is not a, this is actually not an episode about trademarking the name Beyonce. No, not yet. Not yet. It'll be coming we'll up get there. 2018. Yes. We'll get there. <laughs> when she has the twins, we'll I wait to like, see their well, names yeah, first. When she has the yes. twins, yeah, we'll copyright that. Um, so let's just dive right into this movie. I want to talk about some of the differences that we had, because... Storyline is pretty much the same, but they did make some interesting, some questionable, some I like changes Mm -hmm. in the film. So we had a lot of these flashbacks, which we got in the beginning, which I loved that in the beginning. I love flashbacks, and you guys, I mean, you guys know this, because we're doing film, you have an opportunity to do a flashback, which is always exciting to me because use the medium to its advantage. Because if you can't... Uh, the special effects are not, they're beautiful here, but they're not as exciting as when you're in the room. So you might as well do something else that the audience can And I really wow, like interesting. them yeah. taking us back into the past of like this huge chandelier come back together. And as it's coming up, we're just, all the cobwebs are blowing off. All yes. the lights coming back to the theater. Well, that's what that I was, was really cool. bring up. Is it really a flashback or is it more of a flash forward? It's kind of both. Because I feel like we do more flash forwards in this. We're more set in the we yeah, do have the true. flashback where he's like the feral child. In yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I but guess I mean, we do. We have both. We have both yeah. flashbacks and forwards. Which I will say cool. that there were a couple flash forward points that I thought weren't needed. Hmm. Yeah, there's some some of that stuff where he's like riding in the carriage, and they like they yeah. randomly cut to him riding in the carriage, and you're like, I don't need to see this. I also, get it. Also, for one <laughs> quick second. Because I looked it up because I was like, oh, is that supposed to be Meg at the theater with him? And it's not. It's supposed to be Madame Geary yeah, yeah. still. Yeah, it's Madame Geary. But. Say it. Wouldn't she be That's what I was saying. How is he? How is, <laughs> like, how is he that how old is and she, she's. Right. How, like, how is she alive yeah. and walking? Like, right. she, and he's not. Right. That's what I'm trying to figure right. out here. Right? Like, what regimen is she, she on? Looks good. <laughs> she doesn't look that she, different. She looks great. They're basically saying that if you're a ballerina, you have, I guess, a better That's what life I was going to say. Yeah. Is that she's a ballerina. She just yeah, but isn't, don't you have like more injuries and actually no, like no, your no. body it deteriorates be more when you... Opposite. But yes. Maybe there's something but in I the mean, water. Yeah. Something yeah. in the water in, the, in France. Yeah. Yep. Because he moved away or something. We'll say that. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> he went to America. We ate 50 burgers and then he was like all decrepit from it. Yeah. <laughs> I also love how in the movie she tried to like outbid him for that music box. Heck yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, can you just give just it to him? Like, just, damn. She's just like... Mm. And then she's like, no, you can have it. Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> damn, she's like, I just wanted you to pay more for it. <laughs> she's like, I actually bought this theater and this is all the money coming to me, so I'm just bidding. I'm just racking up the dollars. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was kind of hoping it, would, it wouldn't be Madame Jo. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Theory that it would be Meg because it's it a, made more sense. It makes more sense. <laughs> it did, especially because because Meg was. It, I'm not going to say an insignificant character, but in the movie, she she has more of like this power toward the end where she like gets this mob and tries yeah. to like I felt like stick up for her friend and rescue her friend and then she's just gone. <laughs> just Plus gone. I love that she looks like the actress who played Gabrielle in uh and Zena. Zena. Yeah. Yes, and yes. so I was rooting for her because I was like Gabrielle you can do it. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about until you said Zena and I love that you guys were yeah. just both on that same boat. Of course. Like, yeah, of course yeah. Nope I'm on the same boat. It's all good. <laughs> um we also had the chandelier fall at the end of the film instead yes. of the middle, which made them change lines to masquerade. Yeah, which Be- they said um, something like... To an, our friends that are here instead of to a new chandelier. chandelier. Yeah. Not like terrible, but I was just kind of like... I love that that's... Like, I like that it was the middle point of the movie. Like, I felt like in the musical it makes more sense because you do need something to end the first act with a bang and then come back with masquerade, which is, you know, the second you know act um and i felt like in the movie everything in the end is just going to like shit so i feel like the fire in the theater and the chandelier falling i felt like yeah, in the it's movie, a lot it more chaos good. i agree with timothy just because you're right when there's a theatrical experience there's not there's not a clear point to end the first act if you don't have that chandelier fall whereas mm-hmm. here there is no first act so yep. it doesn't matter and they made this whole big thing in the intro about about the chandelier. I mean, yes, they mention it in the play as well, but it seems to have so much more of an iconic status. I don't know why to me in the movie where where it's like it seems like all of the information is building up to the chandelier falling. Yeah. I agree with you. I just love it falling in the middle just because of like the anger behind it. Couldn't they have just done two chandeliers? Come on, just rip two. Just both, just both. <laughs> a little um, funny notes about the chandelier, because I had brought it up last week when we were talking about the show, and I had made a joke like, oh yeah, they didn't have Swarovski back then. And this one And Swarovski has. did this chandelier. It was uh, $1.3 million, and it weighed like 2.2 tons. I mean, this was definitely a much more glamorous chandelier. Oh yeah, and you guys had talked about the carriage ride that you felt wasn't really needed at one point with uh, Raul in the in the carriage, but he's looking at a, a, a shop of Swarovski, and I think it was just like a nod to them for making it. It was just their advertisement. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was, I thought was cute how they yeah. put it Swarovski there, paid them know? a certain amount of money. I'm like, sure they did that ring, too, because right? that ring looked good. <laughs> Dude, she gave that ring back. Uh, well, technically, it wasn't her ring to give now, was well, it? Well, I'm a little confused by this ring, because in the play, there is a ring that he gives to her. Mm-hmm. But this one, they had him rip... Because in the play as well, he rips off the ring. Mm-hmm. And it's never clear to me if the ring he gives her is, is the one he ripped ring. off. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if that's the case, then it is her ring. Yeah, and if he's yeah. getting paid 20,000 francs a month from these theater owners, then he better pay for another ring. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. Don't reuse that. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice ring, but damn. <laughs> I don't know. I was never clear But he clear can't go that. out to the store. I mean, there is that. He, he you can a, send, send Madame Gary. She's a, yeah, she's like his little Aaron. <laughs> a little Aaron woman. woman. <laughs> um, I want to move on to my most hated part of the film. Oh, we're going there already? We are. Okay. Ah! <laughs> Jumping right. It is a change. Let's go. It is a change. I hated that they showed the Phantom doing everything. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I hate that they showed him switching out the little vial for her to spray in her mouth. I hate that they showed him um, cutting the line for... Every, for the chandelier for the, the, and, and the drop of the, the drop sham. and like switching out things and like his little secret power. like I hated all of that because I loved in the play that it was all this mis- like mystical thing that you don't know how he does it and he he is the phantom because you never see him and you never see him doing any of these things it's funny on some level I, I agree with you um, especially toward the end when um, at the end of the movie when he goes through the mirror instead of whereas just in the vanishing. musical he's in the chair and he vanishes and then it's just the mask that's left um, I do feel like he should have been a little bit more mysterious in the film. But at the same time, as Jackie pointed out in the um, beginning of the show, I feel like when you're doing a, a like a, a show, like a, a, a television show or movie, you have more liberty to kind of show your audience these these 
things. But I don't think you should take those opportunities if it's going to detract from what the character is. But is he really that mysterious? I mean, that's why everyone's afraid of him, though. Because he's so mysterious. So us as an audience, I think, should have that mystery. Well, they can't see him, but we can. Mm, I disagree. I hated it. (laughs) I do. do I mean, for me, it's like you're in this Catch-22 because it's... It's hard when you have a film to, unless you're, like, literally making a horror film, to have that, like, level of mystery. I mean, I I feel like Joel Schumacher probably felt like the audience expected to see these things because because he's shooting a film. And so part of me understands that, but I do I do agree that like it's it's delightful being in the theater and feeling like there is an opera ghost and but you just can't there's no way you can get that feel anyway from watching a movie at all because there's just no way to feel that kind of feeling like I'm in this space, there's a ghost in this space. You'll never get that from a movie. No, but I don't I just think it was unneeded. I don't I think that we as humans would have devised in our head like, oh, there's he's doing something to create this. It's not that he actually has magical powers. Yes. Um and I did read an article where because of that and because of the sword fight where he kind of loses the sword fight that it made him seem weaker as a character and not as the strong presence that you get from the theater show yeah i was actually not to interrupt um, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. but like yeah i agree with brianna on that one because the fact that when i went to fan of the opera because they took me when i was like really little which my mom kind of regretted because i was like oh my god he's gonna come and get me um <laughs> but like uh, you're at home and you're like the phantom's coming out of my closet because <laughs> yeah, well, my, like, oh, no. my dad used to sit there i was like, like you could only be so lucky <laughs> yeah, right uh, but no at the at the time like my dad would come behind my door and actually sing like the fan of the opera like as like a joke and my mom's like please don't do that um but like um but that was the one thing that i really loved about it was i never knew uh where like what direction it was coming from and things like that and it just kind of took away for me when I watched it because I was like oh he's cutting the rope all right cool but I just feel like he just didn't seem that that um ominous uh strong character that I felt like in the theater show he can literally be in two places or three places at once especially how they uh, are able to make his voice echo and things like that I mean I know that we did that in the movie but I just it just didn't feel the same I didn't like the fact that it just looked like he was just some creep hanging around you know what I mean <laughs> I don't know like, so, I mean to that point I'm, I mean we had talked about this last week when we were talking about the musical and I had said that I, I didn't really like the Phantom or Raoul in, in either of them and I had preferred that Christine be you know by herself in the end like in that movie that we were talking about um, but in the movie I feel like I would be okay with her being with either one of them, and I feel like that is because they made him, we they made the Phantom seem more like a man that mm-hmm. we could like. I feel like they made him more likable, and they couldn't make him this mysterious character because then we would just be afraid of him the whole time. I do think there is, uh, to go off of that point, I do think there something to me... I have seen this movie so many times, and I actually am one of the rare people who just, like, really love this movie. I do love this movie, too. Um, And I think it's because as much as I enjoyed watching the stage production, um, there's something very human and vulnerable about him that makes you understand more why he's doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Especially when you have this, like, you have this flashback where you show how he's, like, this deformed child who's being beaten, and then Madame Jury takes him in. Um you get more of a sense of psych- psychologically where he's coming from rather than just being this like creepy ghost character where you're more afraid of him. And this one you're like, oh my gosh, this guy has had the like suckiest life and now he's like losing a sword fight and his life is falling apart. No wonder he's such a mess. All for a woman. Yeah. I and see like I see what you're saying, but I think that's the exact stuff I don't like. I think I really hated him being humanistic. I liked him being this phantom. Like, in my head, I had already created this backstory. I'd already felt bad for him in the theater show. I didn't need all this added stuff to make me feel bad for him. I already did. But it didn't excuse his actions. Part of this, too, is, like, Gerard Butler is playing the role. And I I know you're not crazy about his singing voice, but... um, I can remember, like, I bought the the album for the movie after the movie came out because I was like, oh, my gosh, Gerard Butler, he's so dreamy. Um, <laughs> and then it was when I was listening to it that I was like, oh, his voice is just definitely not as strong as, like, the original Phantom. And 
I feel, though, like when you're watching it, for me at least, when I was watching it, I saw the movie before I ever saw the play. And so when I was watching it, I was like, ooh, there's something really, really, like totally sexy about Gerard Butler. And this is before he broke it big with 300, before he was like a real household name. And so there was, you had the mysteriousness of like, who is this? actor and then you have the mysteriousness of like hot man with his half face kind of thing <laughs> and even though like he had some creepy like he's even more creepy in this one because you have him playing with like the tiny dolls and yeah everything. that was a little weird <laughs> um but there's something to me that was so sexy about him that it didn't bother me that his voice wasn't the strongest. And his voice wasn't as sucky as someone like Russell Crowe, where you're mm. like, okay, no, just don't even. Yeah. See, I disagree. I think it was on the same level as Russell Crowe. See, here's the thing, and I'm going to defend Javard Butler just like you are. I think I feel like with the musical, they hire, you know, singers who can act, whereas in the movie, they wanted actors who can sing. And Angela Weber said that behind the scenes. And I feel like when you're watching it, because that's what you do with a movie, you watch it, you don't really listen to the soundtrack. I'm like, Jackie, you weirdo. Um, but I mean, it's <laughs> Yeah, still, afterwards, it's, I was no, like, and oh, I totally this agree is not with you. Like, like, but when like you're I said, watching I, it, the performance like, is so powerful. I totally agree with you, and I do love this film. There's nothing I don't love about it. I mean, there is stuff I don't love about it. But, <laughs> like, I own the film. Like, I, do, I obviously like the film. I like to watch the film. And I don't hate his voice. I'm just using the argument that if you're going to be okay with his voice, you have to be okay with other actors who can sing. Because he was not a singer at all. He had never sung a day in his mm-hmm. life. They hired him just to be an operatic, partly singer, and he couldn't hit the notes. But then you're not okay with Russell Crowe, who was a singer, who is a singer, who has, has albums out. Okay, it's just not a style of singer. Today, though, I feel like we define singers as, like, people who routinely sing, which doesn't necessarily mean they're good at it. Right. Like, I'm... I love Hugh Jackman. I am. I do not think Hugh Jackman has a great range. I think that Hugh Jackman has managed to do a lot of like stage productions and use his voice to his advantage. But you could have arguably someone who sings less for a living, like like an Anthony Stewart head who's like sang for an episode of Buffy and has a yes. little band or whatever, have a better voice than Hugh Jackman who sings all the time for a living. I think there's some there's some level of like natural talent in there and there's also like some people who for whatever reason Russell Crowe has managed to sing a lot in his life but does not to me have that appealing of a voice and um, neither does Hugh Jackman. Neither does Hugh Jackman. I like Hugh Jackman's voice so I'm on the opposite. So do I, yeah, I'm, and Hugh I Jackman but I think Hugh Jackman is a better singer than play Russell Crowe. He was casted for this role, but had to turn it down with because of it. I could see, yeah. but even I could see a Hugh Jackman in this role. Whereas, like Russell Crowe, like watching him was as painful to me as you. Um, remember, uh, Mamma Mia? Who's that one? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, it was as painful to me as watching Pierce Brosnan. And see, Mama I, Mia. Was, I was like, Girl, I did not love. Struggling. I did not love him in Les Mis, but I was okay with it. Just the same way that I don't love Gerard Butler in this, but I'm okay with it. It's, I feel equal to both of them. Yeah, and it's funny that you brought up Hugh Jackman having to turn this down because they also screened Anne Hathaway for this, and she was the front runner to get Christine. Well, at first role. it was Katie Holmes, and then it was Anne Hathaway. Yeah, and then they if said Katie was Holmes Katie was Holmes, too old. I would never watch this movie. Well, Angela Weber said she was too old, so she he definitely wanted somebody. And her Chris, acting is and, painful. I like Katie Holmes. It's I, I mean, painful. Yeah, but Anne Hathaway had to turn it down because of Princess, Princess Diaries, Diaries too. too. Yeah. But Anne I Hathaway, I, I thought, would have done equally as good as Emmy Ross. I did. liked Emmy Ross in this Emmy film, Rossum. and I know she got a lot of critiques about her acting and stuff for it. But yeah. that role isn't a she big... Got a, she got a lot of critiques, but I think it's the character. I don't think it's yeah, her acting. It's not, it's not her fault. It's like... That's true. I, I did not like her when the movie first came out, and then like the subsequent times that I've watched it, I'm like, it's not her fault. Like, she's been in these other things, in Shameless and whatnot, and she's done a great job. But you see her in this movie, and they don't give you much with the character of Christine at all. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's not much for her to do, really. I mean, the, Chris, the character of Christine is supposed to be this ingenue, this deer in headlights, this, yeah. I don't know what's really and going they t- on. I mean, they did take away the one kind of scene, for me, that uh, Christine really kind of breaks a little bit. Like, she has her little bit of, like, breaks, but they're more like, oh, my God, woe is me. Which How can I have this? The notes, the second notes. It's because, my favorite uh, sequence because of, of all her time. yelling, <laughs> Because of, of her time. going off on Carla being like, you evil woman, how dare you? Like, yes. they took that away, which they is, like, her anger moment. She doesn't really get her anger moment in this. See, like she I does felt like show. she had a good acting chops moment in um, the Don Juan Triumphant in she this did, film. Yeah. And but I'm just saying like, she didn't get that anger. Like, but that's, like, her playing a character. 
Yeah, that's her, her but playing she's a character that's playing a character. Yeah. No, and, I'm not saying it, that, but I'm just saying like they took Christine's one anger moment away. I mean, the reason why I was so surprised that you said that she got some because I didn't. I have never heard that she got you know um, l- flat lashback. Um, oh, so bad. Her. Yeah. But because she was nominated for a Golden Globe for this film. Well, people get nominated for stuff all the time and get criticized. I know, but I mean, I didn't feel like she was. I, I, and I'm an actress, so I didn't. I honestly didn't feel that she. No, I didn't either. Which is, I thought the criticism was misplaced. I think their I criticism was that yeah. they were they didn't like that the woman was this woman that needed a man to save her, and that's the role. Oh, okay. I think that's what they were angry about. I don't even think that's it. Like it's like kind of that's the role, but when you have her towards the end. I mean, she faces off with the Phantom in the end to protect Raul, and that's pretty brave. I mean, what she does is pretty brave. No, it is, but I'm just saying that's what the criticisms were saying. Was she like, is this weak woman who needs a man? That's how she's playing this oh, part. I can thank you. Yeah, I can <laughs> disagree. And even in that moment, it's not even when she's protecting Raul, but it's after that. After they, like, he tells her to go, and she, they, him, and her have that moment after he's listening when to the music box. Yeah, and I think that moment right there is. I don't know. I disagree. I think that well, she was great in this film. Yeah, we already know that critics are not always right. correct in <laughs> all course, the stuff. Of we're, you know, but I mean, we critics know. are like oh generally 90% of the time critics opposite didn't of what like, I think. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. didn't like the movie Excess Baggage, which, go see it. It's amazing. It's <laughs> sorry, a 90s movie sorry with Sorry for Alicia cutting off though, Alexis. No, 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 no. It's fine. That's all I really wanted to say because I felt, I mean, again, I'm probably being nitpicky just because I've seen this play so many times with my dad. It's one of his favorites besides Les Mis. And so the movie is great and I own it and I've played it several times but I feel like the characters they're, they're a little downplayed than the theater but I know that this is also a movie so you kind of mm-hmm. have to do that to a point same thing with Red yeah. so like yeah. you know um, Raul though Patrick Wilson who I like did, didn't know when I first watched this film and now I've seen like The Conjuring and yeah, and yeah. I was like wow oh, that's that guy and I was like rewatching. I was like wait that's that guy from <laughs> You know what's funny is when I was going back, because Raul's kind of like, Patrick Wilson does a great job of making Raul seem to be like not this like foppish moron. Like mm-hmm. he gives him mm-hmm. a little bit of an elevation. Yes. Um, but still, it's like, it's the same problem that Emmy Ross ran into where like it's, there's only so much you can bring to a character that's like two dimensional. Um, I I just remember it being that that actor uh, what is his name Jamie Bowers or whatever from Shadowhunters and who played Grindelwald in Harry Potter oh, and who was in um, who was in the movie uh, about Sweeney Todd oh um, the one that played Anthony yes and I, in my head that's who it was and I was watching and I was like this is Patrick Wilson <laughs> this is how long it's been since I've seen that movie and I was like. Oh, that was not that guy at all. This is going to sound so weird, but like one of my favorite parts of Raul is just him when he's in the opening song of his, when he's singing like that he remembering that he knows her and he's walking down the stairs and he's like, his shoulders are doing this little like, <laughs> he's jiggling, excited, jiggling thing, but he's so like proper and straight. Yeah. I don't know. I love it for some reason. Sorry, my voice. He is makes Raul less annoying to me, which I appreciated. <clears throat> I thought he made Raul a lot more likable in the show because, yeah. like I said earlier, I didn't. That really was and that was overall felt by most people is that he he gave Raul like people always felt like Christine was kind of like money grubbing with Raul. Oh. Like that's the only reason she would like him because they didn't couldn't figure a reason why she would like him, and well, they, he gave like, a reason to like him. Well, in the musical, I felt like he only liked her because now she's beautiful and she can sing. Well, as I when mean, she was a child, yeah. she was this little yep. weird like. <laughs> you know, child that he was like, you're kind of annoying, but now that you can sing and you're beautiful, I want to be with you. And I felt like that in this, in the movie, it's not like that. He loves her and they have these little, like, little Lottie, like they have these little back and forth banters of how they used to interact when they were kids and it's really, it's cute and he really likes her. her I mean, (laughs) so ridiculous. I felt like I was watching Swan Princess again where it's like, she started as an ugly duckling but now she like became a swan. I'm like, I love that movie, Alexis. I know, I do too, but like, literally, you should write a book on how to offend women in 10 pages or less. Like, <laughs> um, and then another person that I didn't know when I watched this and then afterwards I was like, wait, it was Miranda Richardson because yeah, I know right. her from Sleepy Hollow <laughs> and many other things, but Sleepy Hollow is like Rita my main Skeeter one. She was Rita Skeeter in Harry Potter. She was Rita Skeeter. That's right, yeah. But, but like my main one that I love her in is Sleepy Hollow, the Johnny Depp one with Tim mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, when I was but researching the cast. But she has such cast, a flawless accent. Like she's so oh, yeah. good. <laughs> she oh, yeah. does, yeah. 
Yeah, she brought her A-game to a movie that didn't even need her to bring her A-game. She was like, I will show up with the correct French accent. And you're like, you go. Yeah, she was great. I felt like in the movie, I felt like, and I this was one of my critiques when we talked about the musical, is that they didn't really delve into more of a character arc for Madame Giri, uh, or Giri, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but I felt like in the, in, in the movie, I felt like they had more liberties with expressing her characterization, and it was like this... She, I felt like she did have this kind of jealous type of Christine over Meg. I felt like she did have more of a, an infatuation with the Phantom. I felt like they, they, she, or as her as an yeah, actor. Yeah, it made it seem like she was only trying to put Christine forward to appease the Phantom yes. rather than because she wanted to do it for Christine. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I felt like, especially when she was, when uh, Christine was singing Think of Me in the movie and Madame Geary standing behind Meg and she's like touching her shoulder and she's like giving Meg or Christine this look. Like you got your soap. I wish I wish that this was my daughter, but it, I guess it has to be you. Like I, I felt like they had more more character for her her character. Yeah, and it's Miranda Richardson. Like give her something. Yeah, I mean she's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my overall favorite of this is Mini Driver, hands down. Uh. You know what's interesting? So <laughs> when I saw this. Uh, I, I've never actually been that big of a fan of Minnie Driver, and it's this movie I, I love. Like, I absolutely love her role. But I had a friend be like, "Well, she's a trained singer, and you should respect her for her singing voice. She doesn't even she's, sing. No, she's not a trained singer. She wasn't trained. That's why yeah. they didn't have her sing. They dubbed they had her, a, they which also rose my thing voice. of like, if you're going to dub one person that didn't have training, why didn't you dub the other? But that's me. Yeah. Um, but she she does she does a great performance to make up for the fact that her singing voice is dubbed. Like, well, no, I mean, she's amazing actor. Minnie Driver is she does sing. She just wasn't trained, trained. in opera. Yeah, yeah. She just wasn't this stylistically trained. Yes, yeah. Because I love I I and and like let's give credit to Margaret Priest who was a singing teacher who dubbed her voice because obviously it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they they made Carlotta's character in this more unlikable and less talented, whereas. Because, you know, when she's, like, singing the songs, they're, like, the cleaning people are, like, covering their ears, and they're, like, oh, get out of there, we don't really like you, and I understand that you're having a diva moment, nobody likes you because you're annoying, but I felt like, as a talent-wise, because even the musical, she's an amazing singer, like, there's not, you don't second-guess that, but here you're, like... Is she a bad singer? Because See, it's not the her. singing as much that I think is bad. I think people are annoyed of hearing her sing, and that's why they're covering their ears, because mm. they're like, oh, we have to hear her sing every day. But um, I think her acting is over the top, and that's what makes her a bad performer. Mm. I think, yeah, it's clear that they make they make it look like her acting is terrible. But yeah, Old they do. Old is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I now like I'm really she's leaving. Like, she's like, bring my doggies. Bring my doggies. Oh my god, my favorite is when she's like, don't step on my train. Don't step on it. Somebody made my train too long. This <laughs> my favorite. And she had a great accent too. Like she did. Her and Miranda Richardson, they were on top of it with this. Well, apparently mm. Minnie Driver like got her accent from an old neighbor that she used to, uh, right. yeah, she used to be um, neighbors with and that's where she got that and inspiration. See, I was a big from. Minnie Driver fan um, because I was a big Will and Grace fan. Thank you. And so she was the mistress yeah. of Will and Grace. <laughs> she's great. <laughs> Who's just with him for his money? So yeah. she's you know same role, um, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But um, I, it's she just has one of those. She brings so much energy to her role mm-hmm. that in a play where some so much dark stuff is happening and so much crazy stuff is happening, she's like the craziness that overtops the killing craziness for some reason for me. I'm like, this there's people dying, there's people being treated terribly, and all you care about is like yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And having people drink champagne and out of her shoes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and having your puppies with their little bows. Oh my god, they're so cute though. I also <laughs> loved her facial expressions every time when it was like supposed to be like a light moment or if she's yeah. trying to be over dramatic, like when she is giving the shoe to uh, the uh, production house owners, I guess. Um, and she's like, eh? You're gonna drink out of it, and you're like, okay. <laughs> but, I yeah. I love her face when she goes out, and everyone's like screaming, and they're like, "Oh, it's yeah. your fans." She's like, "How oh, they love me," and then they're like, "Christine die," and she's like, "Give this rose ah! to Christine die." She's like, "Oh god." Uh, and then because you because it's like it's apparent in your in her head, you see it turn like, wait, I could I could lose everything. Like mm-hmm. I've I've done this because I've always been able to keep my job, but now I have. What am I gonna do? Like if she is talented as well, and they want and the fans want her, like I. I need to do something. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite Minion Driver moment is during Masquerade when, and this is just as an actor, when you're not even supposed to be on, but you are, like you're just giving this role because you're in it. When, um, and this is six months later, keep in mind of the musical and the play. Um, 
when Masquerade's going on and Christine and Raul like walk past her and she gives them like this dirtiest yes, look. Yes, that's she's what I like, was gonna say. Like you're still here. <laughs> like it's like she's I love still that she's to able to her. be like a complete bitch to the financer. <laughs> Like, yeah. you think yeah. that would be her like immediate nope right. you're out nope. Yeah. Well, you pissed off the producer yeah and that's basically. What, that was the one thing I was sad about because notes is such a huge uh, part the second the reprise mm-hmm. is such a huge um, scene for me it was that you get to see that different side of her because when she says the line she's mad you can kind of see that she's like oh my gosh there is something wrong with you and yeah. at the same time I feel bad but I still want this role anyway <laughs> you know because she goes straight back into the fact of like I should be doing this instead of um, and obviously, I love. I think the second part of Mini Driver that I loved was when she was doing uh, the the notes for um, yes. uh, the Point of No Return or the 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 last play that's like absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. She just looks like she's just not into it, but she has to because she's so afraid. But she's just like, I'm still gonna be dramatic though. Yeah. You have to deal with it. <laughs> so yeah, I think she was actually the best part of this entire. And that movie. also. The point of no return scene also gave a different to La Carlotta because when Pianji is found dead, she like rushes to his body and is crying, which yeah. shows that she actually did care about yeah. somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I was I just a little confused because in the beginning, um, right before she storms out of before Think of Me, he like gives her like a wave like. Well, bye. If you're gonna leave, well, maybe bye. the wave was like, "I'll see but, you later." I'll see you later. Yeah. I'll see you later. Or it's like, "Oh, she does this all the time. She'll be back." Like yeah. we don't really listen. But then, so I was just a little confused. I was like, "Does she really like him, or does she, she not like him?" Are I think they, they're, maybe they're it's a little both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, every relationship is right, guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. Um, and then of course we don't. Uh, we have Jennifer Ellison who played Meg, and like we said, like. Gabrielle from Zena. <laughs> it's not the same actress. I just yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Like, I don't think this this girl is not. She was. I looked her up on IMDb. She hasn't done too much. I don't no. think she's actually an actress. Actress. Think she's. She is a yeah. West End theater actress. Yeah, that's yes. what I thought. Yeah. I was like, I feel like she's a theater actress. Yeah, yeah. But now so. she's married and has three kids, and this is like the biggest thing she's ever done besides the cottage. And good for her. I mean, yeah. I I liked her in this in the film. I felt like they gave like once once again like with Madame Geary. I felt like they gave Meg a little bit more you know juice to her character because she is the one that rallies the mob and she is Christine's best friend I do feel that from her I feel like she does really care for her and in spite of you know Christine being this you know front in the in the spotlight she doesn't give off a jealousy vibe which means that she is a true friend she really does yeah. care about her and I got that from the movie so and I do like her cast her very well looks wise with yes her. I she appreciate really the yeah. fact that she walks she walks in first position like ballerinas have this thing That's like where thing. their feet are perpetually turned out because yeah. of what they do and she made that effort to walk in first position yeah. the whole time yes no matter what the scene was yep. Theater she actors. ran in first position. I was like, "You go, girl!" <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the costume design and makeup. I did have some photos for the costume because I thought the costumes in this Loved. were amazing. Yes. Loved them. Yeah. So this first picture will be Minnie Driver um, in the very French esque. Uh, yes, where you can't so, walk through yeah. the heavy, a doorway. Heavy hat, heavy <laughs> hair. I just love how, like, any time that she was walking and everybody was up in the in the in the uh, rafters. Crowd, yeah, they're like mooning her and she- <laughs> yeah. yeah sorry uh, there's somebody talking in the booth um, it's uh, yeah the fact that it was like knocking into things people were trying to like throw stuff at it because it was so big <laughs> um, but I heard that on set they were trying to see if they can put like little things and kind of drop them into her because <laughs> she couldn't feel it <laughs> so she would never know but I think there was an interview where she talked about that there was like a penny that like fell into her her, her cleavage and stuff <laughs> because people were trying to throw it. it was really funny like there were just there was like a contest between the extras of like who can get into the wig Oh I my thought God, that was really that's, funny. That's, that's, really, really, that's actually funny. really funny. And I hate my hat. That's <laughs> yeah, my I, hate my hat. I hate my hat. <laughs> um, and then we have the Phantom uh, in his same photo we showed of last week, but I, in the, the costume I, for this one. I have to say, like, this is the benefit of having, like, a big budget film behind you. Ver- not, I mean, not that, not that the Phantom of the Opera has a small budget, but I'm just saying <laughs> that, like, the costumes, to me, are better here in the movie than they are in the stage show. Because the Phantom has this kind of, like glitter cape going on and I'm like oh he does why? but the skull Expensive. face is scarier in the theater yes, yes right yes. because of the fact that it's supposed to be an entire face you're not supposed to see his face at all and he has that giant hat as yeah. well so I do like what they did with this mask because it does have more yes. definition in it and but the I black around the eyes yeah it's super cool but, but I, I love, love yeah go ahead I love his costumes in this it's no, just yeah, no, Gerard Butler is so sexy in these costumes and the I love- the I was saying that the, that the cape of the the phantom on the stage show when you get up close like if you're an audience member it doesn't really matter because it's it's 
meant to play to the back row, yeah. you know. But when, when you get up close and you see the videos, you're like, uh, the costumes, like, on the stage show are not as impressive as the costumes in the movie. Especially, well, like, her Emmy Rossum's, like, sexy negligee number yes. where you're like, oh, yeah. oh, we've got this, like, dungeon and she's in her sexy she's negligee. she like, this, like, this, like, uh, high, like, what is that? That little, Star- um, the, stockings or, or, like, the gar- gar- the garter stockings, garter belt. garters, yeah, yeah. And there, there's something in it that just, like, you're like, mm, uh. So, like, your sexual fantasies here are, like, really See, I at like, play. I like both. I like both the costumes from the theater show and the movie just in separate ways. Because, obviously, the ones they use in the movie, they couldn't do the theater show because you can't change out of those. Very right. Nice. Right. <laughs> right. And you can't be running around in, like, in a wig. negligee and garters, like, in a stage show. Yeah. And I you mean, can't have a wig that goes up to the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. He has a train. You can try. <laughs> Can you um, talk about that train? I mean, the budget for yeah. this movie was $70 million, so yeah. I would hope that they invest in some and of And I will say one thing, and I don't know if it's just, maybe it's just because the theater show, I'm so far away that I can't notice it, but because the mask sits right over his upper lip, his teeth protrude a yes, little more. I noticed that too. And then like, it reminds me of kind of Chipmunky. But yeah, there's a like little a little bit. rabbit ass. I, it's, not, it's not him, because I've seen him in other films. It's, I think it's just because the mask, and maybe just because And probably of, the prosthetics, too. And the prosthetics, yeah. yeah. Because it took about, what, what did they say, four hours for him to get into it? Yeah, and with the way you have to sing and stuff in the mask, maybe just that. But I was just like, for some reason, I just kept noticing his teeth. Yeah. Mm, For me, it drew my attention to his mouth, and I never really thought of Gerard Butler's having a sexy mouth. And I was like, ooh, oh, I love (laughs) this. Even with the the swollen lip on the top? Yeah. Yeah. I do want to do a little nod to the costumer who was Alexander Byrne, um, who's an Oscar winner. She won an Oscar for the uh, Elizabeth movie um, with uh, Kate Blanchett. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in 1998. So, and she's also done Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, Doctor Strange. So she's still around. She's done a lot. Um, so credit to her because those costumes are they're amazing. Amazing. And then let's talk a little bit about the makeup. Now, for me, and we're going to show a picture of the Phantom. But for most of the makeup, I loved it. But for the Phantom, I was a little underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I thought his face didn't wasn't as grotesque as I had imagined it being. And in the show, I get more of a grotesque feeling from him than I do in the film. I, I feel know. like I feel I mean he's called the devil child when he was in the 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 circus or the fair or whatever it's called. Um so I I agree with you. I think he should have been a little bit more um monstrous, but at the same time you do have to it's a movie so the camera's going to be up close. So, you know, with a stage you could do all this crazy stuff and people aren't going to like sit there and nitpick it. Whereas mm-hmm. with a movie it's like you have to be careful so that it doesn't look fake. It has to look natural. Yeah, and I get that. I just think that when you're having this big reveal like even like cuz in you know, that she rips off the mask in the first part and he hides his face. And then, like, you're waiting this entire time and the reveal for me just wasn't as intense as I wanted it to be. I agree. Um, we'll wait for... Uh, that picture might come up a little bit later, but we'll move on for now. Um, let's go into the music. So in this, they had some choices where they did speaking lines versus singing lines. So one of the most notable lines for me is in the... Uh, engagement part mm-hmm. when they're speaking it because for it's yeah. very evident for me when when it's rhyming mm-hmm. that you're speaking something that should be sung right so yeah i don't know something about it like and sometimes you can do it and it doesn't hit your ear weird but for some reason when they did it, it hit my ear just a little bit weird and i wanted them to sing it um i don't necessarily i didn't necessarily mind the singing speaking parts or the speaking singing parts i think that those are more acting choices I felt like the actors um, had more of a liberty to be like, you know what, I feel like this should be said rather than sung. I just wish they would have changed the lines a little bit then. Just because the rhyming hits my weird, ear weird. Mm. I, I see I see what you're saying. Um, but at the same time, it's like you have a script, so you can't just change the lines because you don't feel like singing it or speaking it. You know what I mean? So they did what they thought was right. The big, The biggest one for me, though, was him singing the end. Because it just didn't hit for me at all. I knew, I knew, I'm. You had said that earlier, and I didn't necessarily you don't feel that way. Really? No, I, I liked it because, like, in the play at the very end, when he's like trying to get them to leave, and they're just kind of staring at him, and then he's like keeps saying, it, and they just keep staring at him, and then finally he's like, <laughs> "Go now, go now, and leave me." And he's yeah. just, I don't want to scream into the microphone, but he just screams it, and it's just like this, like such intense moment, and they're like, "Oh shit, we have to leave." And in this one, it was just like, go now, go now, and leave oh, me. So you felt that he should have spoken that instead of saying Yeah, I thought it. he should have yelled I it. think that this, again, has to do with kind of the tweaking of his story to make him more of a sympathetic character. I feel like because we have this very vulnerable, more vulnerable phantom in the movie, I think that it was, a, it was an acting choice. I don't know on 
whether it was Gerard Butler's or the director. Um, but I think to have him, because this is the this is the moment where he realizes that he's wrong, mm-hmm. and so we can either have like the stage phantom, which is the more like forceful, angry, like powerful phantom, versus he's the more vulnerable phantom. So I think in in this position his choice to me was the correct choice to say to say okay like I've just I've broken down so much just I can't my heart can't take it anymore so I'm just gonna be a wounded animal and turn around and I think that um to me that that read correctly for what this piece was and maybe that's why I don't like it because I don't like that portrayal of the phantom maybe I do agree with Jackie though and I feel like yeah I mean if that is an acting choice it's actually really good on you for pointing that out because I feel like that's exactly what a vulnerable phantom would do. See, for me, it makes me, like, laugh. It's comical to me when he does it. You're the worst. I'm sorry. You're like, what? Worst. It's my opinion. Like, am I not? Am I supposed to just be like, oh no, I love no, it? No, no, He's no, like no. Sexy emo. To Got me, to. like, I, I don't like. Agree with you for once. I, I do like sexy emo phantom. <laughs> I love fighting with you, Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it just, I don't know. For me, it makes me laugh because it's like this weird part where he spins. He's like breaking down. He's like so tired. And it's not like a tired thing for me. It's not like a it's just weird to have him sing at that moment. I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> I'll move on from it. I didn't. Like Brianna's it. <laughs> not about emo phantom. <laughs> no, I just like because he because to have this guy that's killing and going around and doing all these things so forceful to have his way. He's angry, and I like it makes sense to me. The anger makes sense to me. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we move on, I want to talk about the credit song, and this is where Minnie Driver did sing. Mm-hmm. So, um, learn to be lonely, which is one of the saddest lyrics ever. <laughs> like, just learn to be lonely. Love, life can be lived alone. Yeah. I do like this song, which is I funny. Do. It's because, beautiful. Because I hate Oscar bait songs, and this was like supposed to be, if, if it was picked up, it would be the Oscar bait song. Well, it was nominated, wasn't it? No, I no. don't think so. No, no wait, um, yes. Yeah, it, it was nominated. Was. It was? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, so there. It's the it's Oscar, Oscar bait, bait song, song, and I usually hate them, but this one I liked. I don't know why. Yeah. I, no, I love this song. It's just so sad. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I thought it was funny because I I was watching the movie and usually I usually shut the movie off after the credits, but like the the music got me this time and I was like, what is this song? So I started listening to it and then I did research and it's Minnie Driver and, and I love the fact that they had her sing like, okay, you can't hit the opera songs, but let's showcase you. In yeah, songs. yeah. And Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote this song for the film, which I thought was great to have Minnie Driver sing it. I thought yeah, and the music too in this in the the movie was actually orchestrated by a hundred and five piece orchestra, which I thought was really cool because I felt like the music in this. And the cinematography was on point mm-hmm. in this film. I mean, it got nominated for uh, Best Academy Award Cinematography, Best Production Design. So it's, I mean, to me, that it was well worth it. Like, yes. there, there's another benefit of making, even though the layer is very cool when you see it on stage with the boat and everything, which is, um, to me, I always love that boat because it's a nod to... To me, in my mind, it's a nod to Ludwig II, who made the Neuschwanstein Castle, and he actually did make an underground like boat like mm-hmm. that in one of his castles. Um, but you're able to build it up more. So you have this big budget, and you can make this really intricate underground cool set piece that y- you can't do as much on the stage. Yeah. yeah. I loved the sets in this film. Yeah, and I thought which what was great was that the film did, before we close out... Um, really nice nods to the actual novel that, it, that, that the actual musical is based off of when um, Christine goes on the horse because that's actually in the novel and when Patrick Wilson is in that mirror room because apparently in the novel the Phantom used to use that mirror room to drive his like victims insane mm. um, so they did like little like little things like that another little tidbit that I forgot to mention with Christine's character is that do you guys remember when they had that uh, that picture of her father um, mm-hmm. yes. his name was Gustave Dae, um, which is her son's name in, in the, the sequel. sequel. Oh. And then that is actually uh, Ramin Karim. I'm going to totally. Ramin Karimlu. Yes. Um, thank you. I'm sure Alexis knows this, who played her dad in the picture, um, but he also played the Phantom and Raul. Yep. on the show yep. so yep. he's the only person yep. alive yeah, and, who's I, and I do characters. appreciate yep. when film does that yeah I, yeah. I love little. I love those little things yeah um, wait one more fun fact it was yeah, filmed though. at Pinewood Studios the Prince and the Showgirl where the Prince and the Showgirl was filmed and that's the my, that's the My Week with Marilyn story um, it's that studios got it oh cool yeah. um, I do need to make two corrections from last week um, that my sister and fans have been letting me know <laughs> Uh, we had said that the show set had not been changed since the original, and it has for this past tour for the 30th anniversary. They changed the set, and I guess my sister said it now has a rotating stage. Stage. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then also, uh, I just did with Wikipedia because I had never seen Love Never Dies, but I have been corrected on the story for Love Never Dies. Uh, it's not that the Phantom is completely doing this whole thing again. It is that he's bringing her to Coney Island, but um, the son in there is supposed to be the Phantom's son, not Raul's. And that's kind of where the story starts. I don't want to give away the ending on here in case people want to see the tour when it comes around. But I, someone also did say in the tour that it is the um, Australian tour, I believe is what they said, and that they said it's very good. Yeah. And apparently a lot of my theories from last week are true in the sequel, so go watch it. (laughs) Phantom of the Soap Uh, Opera. (laughs) So let's move on to our Broadway news here. Uh, Quick few stories. We have hidden figures to become a Broadway musical, question mark? I would love that. I mean... I would actually love that because I feel there's a lot of uh, black actresses in Broadway that don't get highlighted enough. And when they do get highlighted, it's, it's only in, like, Black, like you're, like an all black cast, like the color purple. You rarely have them get to be in in like a mixed number, which is it's a shame. Like they they should be in all kinds of shows. I mean, I think it's I think it's great. I just feel like it's, it's it. I don't want to say so fast, mm-hmm. but it's this movie just came out. And they're t- talking about turning into musical, whereas Mean Girls came out like twelve years ago, and they're finally going to make it a musical. Like there, and I'm not saying that Hidden Figures has anything comparable to Mean Girls, but it's like, well, to I, be fair, they didn't say when it's going to be turned. No, into no, musical. no, no, and I understand that, but it's like, why did it take so long for them to figure out Mean Girls and other shows that could be turned into musicals? Whereas this one, they're like, oh yeah, this will be a great musical because I, I honestly al- don't see it. I think it also depends on like who you have attached to the project where someone like Tina Fey was so busy all the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know, maybe for Hidden Figures they could well, hire someone who strictly does musicals whereas Tina Fey doesn't. So it's like, who do you attach to the project but still keep Tina Fey, you know? Well, the quote was that Janelle Monet, who portrays Mary Jackson in the film, <coughs> sorry, my voice, revealed that the scriptwriter Alison Schroeder spoke to her about the possibility of adapting the movie to the Broadway Monet also says a co-star Octavia Spencer. She's the best singer, and so she should definitely sing all the numbers. She should sing every song in there. See, but I think that's the only reason that they're doing it is because Janelle Monet is a singer. I mean, it might be. And I feel like it would be more adapted to be a stage play. I think that it could be good. It just depends on what they... I I would be interested to see what kind of music they would want to use. I just don't think it's a I think if they went too campy, it it, it would take away a lot from the show. I mean, they did bodyguard. They did bodyguard as a musical. You can do serious, but that's they're yeah, singing in the bodyguard though. Like, I also yeah. heard Whitney Houston's I've also music. heard negative things about the bodyguard. I mean, but it's still Whitney. There's singing in the musical. That's my point. Like with yeah. Hidden Figures, it's about space and NASA. I feel like the story is amazing, which is why it should be a straight show. Well, another movie turned musical, Bronx Tale that you saw, yay! Cast album has set its release date. It's going to come out on March 24th um, digitally. CDs will be coming out on April 14th and will be sold at the theater that date and not they'll be sold in stores in May, but they haven't announced the date. And the recording will be available for streaming on June 23rd. Yeah, which is funny because my friend Ariana DeBose is in it and uh, she plays um, the lead um, African-American female and uh, the, whose name is escaping me right now. And she, I just remember her Facebook post about being in the studio and singing it, which is actually really cool. I'm really super, I'm super excited for them. I think that it's going to be really successful and you know, good luck to, to the cast album release. Release rap for the Tony Awards, release like real. always. <laughs> um, I want to give some fan shout-outs. Samantha Ramirez, who has meant she mentioned the Mean Girls musical. Um, Tim Lemix, who mentioned the Heathers musical. I would love to do that hey, like, once we've actually seen it. Um, and Jody Lynn, who wants us to do Miss Saigon, which I'm sure <gasps> Ooh, we'll do it sometime. Nice catch. Nice catch. Um, but you guys keep commenting. Yes, My point yeah. is keep do commenting. We'll give you shout-outs. Um, I, I try to comment back in the comment section to you guys if, uh, if there's something to comment back towards. <laughs> um, and I'll definitely give you a thumbs up. Uh, Nick Jonas, it, his name came up uh, from a fan saying that the, he should play Conrad Birdie, and Jennifer Lopez responded saying, we're talking about a lot of different people right now, we're not the stage where we are actually casting, um, but his name has come up, she said. He just, he was so bad in that lame is uh, what was it, 25th anniversary, which is weird because he was actually really good in Kingdom, if you guys but have I don't, seen Kingdom. But, but Bye Bye Birdie, I don't think 
you have to have like the most. No, but he was really he was really good in um how to succeed at business. business. Yeah, it was he was very very good in that. I think it's just because he was trying to get back into Broadway after being gone for so long because he used to do it when he was a kid. Uh, Um, Maybe he was he he was was rusty, rusty. and he even Mm. said that he was actually quite afraid to play Marius in Marius. He had been too Disneyed. Yeah, I agree. And so now after that, I think he was just doing musical after musical after musical after that, and obviously his solo career has launched since then too. So, I but think isn't now. he a little young for Conrad? That's Birdie? what I was no. thinking too. No, oh, he's in his twenties, well, isn't he? It? Yeah, he's in his late twenties. Yeah, I think. no, 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 early twenties. Early twenties? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's sorry. younger than me. I don't know. James no, 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 brothers. that's not right. No, he's older than me. No, wait a minute. I'll have to look it up. Whatever, mid mid twenties. We'll I just say mid. I think he's late twenties, but okay. But and mm-hmm. but no, Conrad. I mean, there's no defined age. Yes, he's supposed to be Elvis, but. It's he's just supposed to be a sex symbol. As long as he's old enough to be a sex symbol, I think he's twenty four. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, Can Johnny Reese Myers sing? Because I'm fine with Nick Jonas if he Jonathan Myers would be amazing. Yes. Did you ever <laughs> see the Elvis miniseries where he was? No, but I saw August Rush. I think and... <laughs> but here's the thing: I don't think for especially for this live one where the audience is geared towards teenage girls you can make him too old either he has to oh, be in yeah. his middle to late 20s you probably also have to have him not drink therefore have not jonathan reese myers play him because he would probably be drink the whole time um there is an open casting call for the live action aladdin that they are making because they're making every Ooh, single whoop. disney film ever made mm-hmm. into a live action i one. will see it that's the thing i don't care <laughs> oh, if you I'll do it, it. I'll, I'll see it, it. no i will see every <laughs> i'll see every one of them but i'm just saying they're doing it with everyone it's like their new thing now um, Dan Lin expressed his intention to cast the film with ethnically authentic actors, which is why they're doing an open casting call. He quoted, look at me. I mean, I'm not a typical guy. Listen, I'm very fortunate working in Hollywood. I'm diverse. So when I come to make a movie, I wanted to make a diverse version of the movie. Luckily for me, Guy Ritchie has the same vision and Disney has the same vision. So Amen to that. Good. Yes. Good. Um, so he's like, so we're not here to make the Prince of Persia. <laughs> and I Thank that. you so hard. Yes. Um, and the, here are the requirements if you're interested in we'll oh, yeah. post this stuff too to our Twitter and our Facebook page. You have to be Middle Eastern. You should be between 18 to 25 years old. You have to be able to sing. <laughs> well, let's hope. Um, <laughs> dance experience is a plus, and rehearsals are going to begin in April of 2017, so next month. Um, and oh, the shooting fast. is beginning in July and going through January I feel next like the year. Tour is already planned. in the UK. Oh, oh, oh okay, nice. okay. And uh, to submit, you email a photo and video of yourself singing Sweet. to ctcastingoffice at gmail.com. And again, we'll post all of this stuff on our pages too. So Sweet. if you're interested. And you feel like you'll make a great whoever in this cast, definitely do. We're at Broadway yeah. B Down, and we have a Broadway bake d- Breakdown Facebook page. Bake Down. We bake Broadway things. <laughs> I can't bake shit. Heck yeah. I'm um, actually really happy that they're staying authentically, uh, racially authentic to this to this show, because I feel like, A, it's always forgotten as, you know, an ethnic, like, Disney well, and movie. This, and and yeah. it is. A. It's so important to the story to have and, it and, set in that. Yeah. And in the, this current state and, and political world, like I just feel like... You have to do that. Yeah. It's just insulting yeah. otherwise. Um, well, there goes my dreams of playing Jasmine. I think you could still do it. I think you could still I'm not do Middle it. Eastern, guys. You're, you're so, ethnic, so you're fine. We do, <laughs> yay! <laughs> we do have to wrap it up because we are running a little long, so I'll save my next two stories and I'll do them next week. But Next um, week is Beauty and the Beauty Beast. And I keep knocking beast. my coffee over. Stop being excited, Jeff. <laughs> I'm like, Beauty uh, and the Beast, <laughs> So next week we're going to be discussing Beauty and the Beast, the theater show. Uh, we're going to do the theater show first because we want to do the film later and I won't have a chance to see it probably before Sunday because it's St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and that's big in my family. But, like always, you can find me at bfibs14 on Twitter and Instagram, bfibs1214 on Snapchat. And where can they find you guys one last time? You guys can find me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. And I'm 123JackieV on all social media platforms. Except Snapchat. Except Snapchat, <laughs> where it's not that. JackieV123. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. Learn to